Chapter 4 The Appearance of Sri Narada Vyasadev said, on hearing Shuta Goswami speak, Thus, Shanakamuni, who was the elderly learned leader of all the rishis, engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Shuta Goswami by addressing him as follows. Shanaka said, O Shuta Goswami, you are the most fortunate and respected of all those who can speak and recite. Please relate the pious message of Srimad Bhagavatam, which was spoken by the great and powerful sage, Shukadev Goswami. In what period and what place was this first begun, and why was this taken up? From where did Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas, the great sage, get the inspiration to compile this literature? His, Vyasadev's son, was a great devotee, an echo-balanced monist, whose mind was always concentrated in monism. He was transcendental to mundane activities, but being unexposed, he appeared like an ignorant person. While Sri Vyasadev was following his sons, his son, beautiful young damsels, who were bathing naked, covered their bodies with cloth. Although Sri Vyasadev himself was not naked, but they had not done so when his son had passed. The sage inquired about this, and the young ladies replied that his son was purified, and when looking at them, made no distinction between male and female. But the sage made such distinctions. How was this? How was he, Srila Shukadev, the son of Yas, recognized by the citizens when he entered the city of Astinapur, now Delhi, after wandering in the provinces of Guru and Jangala, appearing like a madman, dumb and retarded? How did it so happen that King Parikshit met this great sage, making it possible for this great transcendental essence of the Vedas, Bhagavatam, to be sung to him? He, Shanaka, Shukadev Goswami, was accustomed to stay at the door of the householder only long enough for a cow to be milked, and he, and he did this just to sanctify the residence. It is said that Maharaj Parikshi is a great first-class devotee of the Lord and that his birth and activities are all wonderful. Please tell us about him. He was a great emperor and possessed all the opulences of his acquired kingdom. He was so exalted that he was increasing the prestige of the Pandu dynasty. Why did he give up everything to sit down on the bank of the Ganga and fast until death? He was such a great emperor that all his enemies would come and bow down at his feet and surrender all their wealth for their own benefit. He was full of youth and strength and he possessed kingly opulences that were difficult to give up. Why did he want to give up everything, including his life? Those who are devoted to the cause of the personality of Godhead live only for the welfare, development, and happiness of others. They do not live for any selfish interest, so even though the emperor, Parikshi, was free from all attachment to worldly possessions, how could he give up his mortal body, which was the shelter for others? We know that you are expert in the meaning of all subjects except some portions of the Vedas, and thus you can clearly explain the answer to the questions we have put upon to you. Sri Shuta Goswami said, When the second millennium overlapped the third, the great sage Vyasadev was born to Parasha in the womb of Satyavati, the daughter of Vashu. Once upon a time he, Vyasadev, was, as the sun rose, took his morning ablution to the waters of the Shadashwati and sat alone to concentrate. The great sage Vyasadev saw anomalies in the duties of the millennium. Thus, this happens on the earth in different ages due to the unseen force of time. 
The great sage, who was fully equipped in knowledge, could see through the, his transcendental vision the deterioration of everything material due to the influence of the age. He could also see that the faithless people in general would be reduced in duration of life and would be impatient due to lack of goodness. Thus he contemplated for the welfare of men in all statuses and orders of life. He saw that the sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas were means by which the people's occupations could be purified, and to simply and to simplify the process, he divided the one Veda into four in order to expand them among men. The four divisions of the original sources of knowledge, the Vedas, were made separately, but the historical facts and authentic stories mentioned in the Puranas are called the fifth Veda. After the Vedas were divided into four divisions, Bailarishi became the professor of the Rig Veda, Jaimini the professor of the Shama Veda, and Vaishyampayana alone became glorified by the Yajur Veda. The Shamantumuni Angira, who was, who was very devoutly engaged, was entrusted with the Artha Veda, and my father, Rama Harshana, was entrusted with the Puranas and historical records. All these learned scholars, in their turn, rendered their entrusted Vedas unto the, their many disciples, grand-disciples, and great-grand-disciples, and thus the respective branches of the followers of the Vedas came into being. Thus the great sage Vyasadev, who was very kind to the ignorant masses, and edited the Vedas so that they might be assimilated by less intelligent men. Out of compassion, the great sage thought it wise this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus he had compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharat for women, laborers, and friends of the twice-born. O twice-born Brahmanas! Still his mind was not satisfied, although he engaged himself in working for the total welfare of all people. Thus the sage, being dissatisfied at heart, at once began to reflect, because he knew the essence of religion, and he said within himself, I have, under strict disciplinary vows, unpretentiously worshipped the Vedas, the spiritual masters, and the altar of sacrifice. I have also abided by the rulings and have shown the import of disciplic succession through the explanation of the Mahabharat, by which even women, shudras, and other friends of the twice-born can see the path of religion. I am feeling incomplete though I myself am fully equipped with everything required by the Vedas. This may be because I did not specifically point out the devotional service of the Lord, which is dear both to perfect beings and to the infallible Lord. As mentioned before, Narada reached the cottage of Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas on the banks of the Sharashwati, just as Vyasadev was regretting his defects. At the auspicious arrival of Sri Narada, Sri Vyasadev got up respectfully and worshipped him, giving him veneration equal to that given to Brahmaji, the Creator.